Monster Game Night is a dark comedy actual play podcast that contains personal and political horror. This show is not appropriate for children, and adults can find content warnings in our episode descriptions. Welcome to our vampire... <laughs> <laughs> What? I, I made it halfway through. <laughs> I was in the zone practicing my thing in my head. You continue. Welcome to our Vampire the Masquerade Chronicle, Bluegrass by Night, where our coterie goes on a bewildering road trip to destroy the war, protecting the fictional city of Jamestown. This is Ben, and I play Tommaso, the... Oh, shit, I forgot what I was going to say. That's it. Yeah. Just leave it like that. That's, that's it. That's <laughs> take it. Take it. Uh, the shit. I forgot what I was going to say. Hikeda. This is Ben playing Tommaso, the diving Hikeda. Ugh, we're definitely going with the other one. Diving? You? No. No. Diving's the worst. Must muscle bound. The hem hemorrhagic. Cowardly. That is not true. Fuck you. I believe you ran away. No, I literally tried to give you guys a distraction to escape. This is Ben playing Tommaso, the piercing Hikeda. I'm Russell, playing Gordon, the persuasive Lissambra. This is Josh, playing Clear Visions, the impulsive Toreador. And I'm Nick, playing Jason, the blacked-out Banhua King. And I'm Mike, your seaside storyteller. <laughs> what sea? Wait, wait, hold on a second. <laughs> what sea is there? <laughs> None, but it, we were in an aquarium and I panicked. Yeah, it's actually the big sea, Cincinnati. The big, yeah. Wow. No, Cincinnati. Big P. <laughs> <laughs> the really big P. If you said so the, much. The P side. <laughs> I know, that's usually what I call Mike's mom. Whoa. <laughs> and podcast is over. So what happened last time on Monster Game Night? Jason got sick and fell asleep. Clear visions popped off, and then disappeared. Tommaso attempted to provide a distraction and ended up eating a face full of rocks. And Gordon persuaded our delivery person, Officer Hankinson, to deliver a package to Lucas Thorne. Clear visions, Tommaso, Jason, you awaken in Crownvale. You have been to Gordon Sire's cathedral in the past. You walk down the steps. No. No? No. No? Literally, as soon as we wake up, I open my door, no. I activate all, and I say, Jerry, 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 Jerry. Jerry is sitting in one of the chairs with Suzanne's bag collapsed around his chest, his arms wrapped around it very tightly, sweating heavily, his knee propped up on a pillow. Yes? Come here. All, okay. You see him put a palm down and pull himself up out of the chair and hobble over towards Clear Visions. Mm-hmm. I'll make you, I'll make you feel better. It's okay. It really hurts. It I really know. Hurts. I'll make it stop. It's okay. Okay. And I'm going to bite him. And I'm going to drink two from him. And my kiss is intoxicating. And it is already a lingering kiss. So, like, he's in love with it. He loves it. He loves every moment of it. You see his face that was straining with pain against his knee relaxes, mm -hmm. calms, and becomes one of savoring joy. Now, Jerry, remember, I do this. She treats you like garbage. Now get out there. So you were doing this in Clear Visions' bedroom. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's good. Clear Visions is aware... That if Suzanne had seen that, the results would have led to a confrontation immediately. Mm -hmm. 
Instead, Queer Vision spends a while, allowing Jerry a few moments to relax as he takes the maximum, non-harmful safe drink from him. Oh, and I'm sure it's on the cusp of him already being one foot in the grave. He's already hurting, though, as Clear Visions is sampling and savoring the blood, he tastes Suzanne's influence pretty clearly. She gave him quite a bit last night, probably to keep him on his feet and moving. Now, what she'll do next, who knows? But Jerry hobbles off, white-faced, shined with sweat, but smiling, returns to his seat much happier than he was a few moments ago. Walk out into the tour bus and say, Okay, let's get this show on the road. Where to? Rosetta already took us to the cathedral because I'm pretty sure this is where the spy man's hanging out. So let's go see if we can find them. Do we have to? You can stay here if you want. I don't care. Okay, well, you know, part of my rider is they cover up all those holy relics or whatever. So can you go ahead of me and do that? Listen, I think you're not the only one that would be in that building that has a problem with it. So you're probably going to be okay. Uh, that's on you. Okay. So Gordon hears a gentle knock at the door and in leans the closely shorn head of Deacon Baring. Deacon? Agent Fletcher, there is a two, three men here to see you, uh, demanding to speak with the spy man. What do they look like? One is very large and very tall. One is rather skinny and also tall, but uh, thin, tall, but very takes his appearance very seriously, and one of them appears to be slightly catatonic. He's much younger, though. Um, they need to go through the full decon process. You son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say that Robert McGonnell would not have such a protocol in place in his haven. Yeah, and I don't Fine. think we want to take the time playing Tommaso <laughs> resisting all of that. I know, it would take like 30 minutes to describe Clear Vision's glorious penis, so <laughs> I really think it would just derail us. <laughs> Deacon Showman, please. A few moments pass. Clear visions. Jason and Tommaso are led through the monastery that inhabits the Crownvale Cathedral grounds. It's old. Old for this area anyway. Built in a missionary style. They can see religious clergy wandering about conducting their business. Nuns in habits. Deacons clad all in black. Brothers of the order. All attending to La Sombra business. Is Clear having any problems right now? This place is ghoulish. Saying something coming from you. Clear visions can feel that he's standing on holy ground. There is no true faith here. Mm -hmm. And no one's, like, actively wielding it at me. So it's a... It just is uncomfortable. I just don't like... It. See? What I lie to you? It's how normal people feel at Hooters. Speak for yourself. Well, I guess I am not a normal I was person. about to say, he said normal. Yeah, fair. You're led up a narrow, winding, spiral staircase lined with wood all around, with religious artifacts attached to the walls. And you find yourself standing in an entryway with one set of double doors that you've been to before. The last time when you met Gordon Sire, Robert McGonnell, you were led through the double doors. You know that across the hallway, though, you see an opened door and Deacon Baring beckoning you into Gordon's office. Gordon's office is... The decoration of it was not chosen by him. It was made for him and given to him because Robert McGonnell hoped that he would stay here forever and fit into Robert McGonnell's mold for Gordon. There's a small, narrow wooden bed, sized for one person, a church pew along one wall, a simple student's desk on spindly wooden legs. We see a cassette player on one side, documents scattered across the surface, but we do see an assortment of weaponry along the walls. We see firearms, we see swords, 
And of course, you can see that the only window in the room has been covered on the outside with shutters that leave the stained glass showing the passion of the Christ as blood is drawn from his wrists shining through. And we see Gordon. You see Gordon seated at his desk. Gordon, how are you? Gentlemen. All right, what have you been up to? Your office looks practical. Thank you. Of course. So you asked what I've been up to. I've been uh, gathering intel, but not anything that would be immediately useful right now. Try me. Well, um, and he hands you the dossier that he compiled on Lucas Thorne uh, and what he knows about him so far. And then he goes, Mr. Thorne believes that we believe that he is now dead due to a faulty gas line in the building he was in. Tommaso's going to raise an eyebrow at that for a second. And just say, okay, sure. Gordon's a very good liar. You want to try me on? No. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so he's not dead? He's not dead, unfortunately. Okay. He, um... Okay, good to know. Yeah. However, uh, that officer that I had that was my little plaything, he's gone. So, you know, there's that. He died in the explosion somehow. Oh, just happened to be there when the gas line went off. Man. Yeah. Okay. I... It's a wonderful coincidence, in my opinion. Like, I don't have to worry about him anymore. Okay, sure. That's good. At least it's a loose end tied up, yeah. right? Yeah, right. Um, so what do we? What do you know about Crown Vale? Where are we going here? We gotta be choppy. I think I'm wanted for lots of murders. <laughs> what happened to you guys? <laughs> uh, don't get me started. So, I shot a gun. <laughs> yeah, a bunch. He shot a gun a bunch of times. It was really cool. Killed you? Did you hit something? No. A door. <laughs> Uh, um, well, I hit the door, but then Jerry got in the way. So, yeah, I hit somebody, I guess. Hey, go you. That's a first for you, right? Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, I wasn't there for that part, so I don't know what happened. Basically, what happened is... He jumped in front of the bullet. It was sick. Why did he jump in front of the bullet? Did, does he not know what bullets do? I don't know. It's fine. He's okay. Okay. To, to, wrap, to wrap this up pretty quickly, Claire got involved with another, a kindred that was there protecting the ward. And Jason took care of her. Then we found the ward. He, once, once again, it was another staked kindred down there. The kid tried to take care of that, if you understand me. And that's why he's all kind of... Well, he looks like that. Yeah, he's all kind of out of it right now. Yeah, what's up with uh, eyes glazed over? Yeah. <laughs> He's just been acting like that ever since he tried. Gordon walks over to him and snaps his finger in front of his eyes. Any reaction? Jason is able to respond a little bit to that immediate stimulus in the way that if you grab him by the hand and let him along. But other than that, not much reaction. Yeah, he's basically just been following us this whole time. Yeah, it's kind of nice, though, because, you know, children should be seen and not heard so it is nice i do i, I want to try something on jason i want you guys to go along with me on this this is not me directly like okay being confrontational with jason so we're gonna act yes what's my motivation your motivation is just to stand there and shut the fuck up that's not motivation that's direction <laughs> i need the passion i need to know why your I passion is you care about jason's well-being and so you will sit there and shut the fuck up while i do this Okay, I'm already in character. Well, this whole, that whole conversation's going on. Tommaso just takes the dossier and turns his back. He's not even paying attention anymore. <laughs> so, basically, the dossier has that the Lafayette crime front foot soldier Scarface, which is Tommaso, 
met with Lestat, and they're being monitored. Who's Lestat? That would be you, sir. Mr. Cassius Sanders. Ah, yes. Ah, yes. I look much more beautiful than him. (laughs) We also know that First Light had assets in the area, and they had body cam footage of our first encounter with the police on our way into Jamestown. The first roadblock going all the way back. During that time, they sent a special detachment to come and watch you, Clear Visions, and that agent was Agent Thorne. They, at some point, deployed a deprogramming asset in the guise of a chemical agent to prevent my domination powers from working on their uh, sheriffs to try it out. It was a first test run. That's why at the second roadblock, it didn't work for them. Finally, they knew that uh, Officer Brant Hagen was captured by us. Primo, pretty much what's in there. Cliff Notes version. Yeah, the Cliff Notes version. Some things for us to be aware of is there's a Bella protocol, and then there is... An Edward protocol. An Edward protocol, obviously. Uh, um, Operation Shakedown, and then a Operation Gladius. It was an Operation, right? Gladius? Operation Gladius, yeah. Which we don't know what that is. Finally, I sent Hagen into the local police station to draw Lucas Thorne out and told him, had him send out a piece of information that we were attempting to get into Vortex Industries, which is the werewolf hideout in Jamestown. I believe that should catch our listeners up. And if you want to see the full document, we will post that live on our website at mgnpod.com. Or mgnodd.com. <laughs> Or Clearvisions TV's most famous medium.com. <laughs> you should go to that one. <laughs> or monstergamenight.com. All of those. All of those and none of those. And we'll have a link in the description. I don't have a further one for you guys. Sorry. He just wanted to hear himself talk. Yeah. I think we need one that says I set the scene.com. Yes. I feel like that's got to be something, right? Where are we headed to? We got a ward here? Uh, I don't know. I haven't. Found, I haven't really been looking for a ward because I didn't know what I was looking for. You were going to try something with Jason. Oh, yeah, yeah. I still want to. So I want to I say, hold that thought, though, for a second. And I take Jason by the hands and I look at his eyes and I I activate the power mesmerize. And I tell Jason, Jason, I want you to sit here and only follow my commands for the next 24 hours. Otherwise, do nothing else but sit here on this bench now be a good boy now listen I, yeah, listen I to, to uncle gordon i do not get hungrier for the rouse check always so Ow. mesmerize when opposed by a kindred of equal generation as to you does require a role between the two and a kindred of lower generation jason is blood potency two correct are you still blood potency one i am unfortunately jason can just choose to spend a willpower to not be dominated awesome. by you I think that that is such a fundamental violation of his character that he would absolutely do it. And he has all of his willpower right now. Yeah, I okay. agree with that. Okay, that's fair. I still lead him over to the bench and I set him down. Okay, <laughs> and I'll pat him on the head and say, now listen to Uncle Gordon, it's yeah. fine. <laughs> so with that, I'm going to go to the deacon and I'm going to ask him, the deacon, you're far more familiar than I am with this area. Is there anywhere that represents fire in Crown Vale? 
Like, is there like an eternal flame? Is there anything that like represents fire in this area? Fire department. Or Deacon Bearing furrows his brow a little bit and he looks reflective for a moment. He says, Well, there's we have we have a renowned news source here. One that I love very much. A a news company that tells the real truth, that tells everything just like it actually is, like it happened. And they go by the name the Tort. Let's burn it to the ground. And I think I think that is probably it. I believe that his work is divinely inspired and brought to us by forces beyond the ken of just mortal men or even kindred themselves. He's so insightful. I I could show you. I actually I have them on my phone right here. I could show it. Well, maybe to you if you want to look right now. And Deacon Baring holds his phone up to Gordon and presents him with an image from a crazed-looking website. It calls itself The Torch. Deacon Baring looks at Gordon and says, You know, I've been there. I found him. I was so moved by the words that he writes and that he says that I felt I simply must find this man who is clearly a divine inspiration to all of us. And his words, you look at them and they're just utter truth, just constant utter truth. Okay, I'm going to stop him right there. As someone who's very familiar with this, this sounds like an enraptured person. And this is a very skilled kindred who used some high-level presence. So we should be careful. I heard that really, really powerful kindred can imbue their presence into media. It's kind of my end game. I think it'd be kind of fun. So I'm a little bit upset that this group or whoever's running the torch did this first i thought i was gonna be like the man but it's fine so i would actually love it if we burn that bitch to the ground as much as i'm tired of dealing with fire i actually agree in this instance you don't like all the fire play what do you think Ooh, yeah this could be fun the burned man burns the place down are you having this conversation in front of deacon bearing yes yes deacon yes. bearing looks horrified no the the torch is Truth, light, the light of truth springs from it. Hey, I have felt I'm, this. I'm going to stop you right there, okay? I don't give a shit what you think right now. Leave. Surely you would not destroy such a... Get out before I kick wisdom. you out. Oh, never. Deacon, th- that was all a metaphor. Deacon, thank you very much for your time. We'll, we'll let you know if we need anything else. Deacon Baring kind of scuffs his feet and looks at the ground as he leaves the room. Hey, Gordon. Think that guy's a loose end? He might be compromised. I feel like he's compromised, right? He sounds compromised to me. I I, I think he is compromised. Uh, I'll take care of it. You don't want me to do it? I'll do it. I don't care. We could give Jason a snack while we're gone. No, I'll take care of it. Okay. Fine. So I I think we should probably um, let me go and let McGonnell know where we're going. And then we can uh, head out. Should we let him know? Of course. Yeah, he's our main contact with Camarilla. I think that they should know where where things stand. Okay. Well, at the same time, I was going to ask you something. Mm-hmm. Taking a look at this, would you be okay if I pass this along to the capo? I think there's stuff in here he might need to know. Yeah, no, I, I think that's fine. Um, I'm all for sharing intelligence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, cool. Especially since I didn't, like, that's not Lasombra intelligence, so yeah. All right, you got it. Great. You, you go talk to McGonnell. 
I'm going to figure out how to send this out to him. Yes, I'm going to go talk to Robert real fast. Okay. What are you two talking about? You can hang out here if you want. I just need to handle some family business and give this to him real quick. Yeah, I'm going to stick with Tommy and listen. God damn it. Okay. Okay, I kind of take it back. This website is fire. (laughs) I did know that lizard people were building the pyramids, though. And the banks are trying to rob me. Why do you think I don't have access to multiple multiple millions of dollars? Because your staff handles it for you. I put them in a bad hedge fund. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's my real arch nemesis, Wall Street. <laughs> Was it like a actual hedge fund? Like, you know, a hedge that you funded with cash? I think it was something that <laughs> that didn't turn into a burning bush. Old is that school why hedge you're, fund. Yeah, is, is that why you're afraid of re- religious objects? No, here's the real here's the real tea. I'll tell you right now. Yeah. It's actually the fairies that run all that. Oh, it's okay. the hedge. Oh. And that's what they don't tell you. They just send your money straight to the void. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. That's what I heard. Mm. Did you hear it on the torch? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I am kind of a fan. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I'm going to go talk to Robert now. All right. You you keep reading that while I, t- I take care of this. Okay. Have fun. Okay. So Tommaso steps off to the corner of Gordon's office and he calls in the intelligence that he's received, transmitting it to the capo and informing him that the Lafayette crime family has been identified by the Second Inquisition as connected to Kindred. Mm -hmm. Clear Visions spends some enjoyable or possibly rage scrolls Mm -hmm. through the torch and he gets just a hot blast of information of facts and logic just sprayed across his face. I know it says that the president became a vampire. What's his identity? Hey, hey, I'm still on the phone here. Be quiet. Did you know that? He's a kindred. He's one of us. This goes all the way to the top. Sir, listen, I am trying to keep him under. Yes, yes, I understand. Okay. Hey, your neighbor's going to kill you. That's what this says. Did you know that? I don't have a neighbor. I... Tommy, I can see into the future. Your neighbor is going to kill you. (laughs) I don't know when. I don't know where. Gonna die. I can tell you who it is, though. It's your neighbor. It's okay. You could could let that sink in. Just take a beat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm very worried about that. Anyway, can just continue to have fun there. Let me wrap this up. Mm -hmm. Does does Rosetta live next to you? Is it her? No, it's not her. I can take her out, too, if you want. You... Do no, don't even joke about that. Okay. <laughs> Gordon leaves his office, steps just across the hallway. Director McGonnell always liked to keep Gordon close at hand under his thumb. Steps up to the double door. Gordon knocks. He hears the voice of Melissa inside McGonnell's office say, Come on in. Hello, Melissa. How are you doing today? Good evening, Agent Fletcher. It's so good to see you again. Uh, do you like uh, chocolates? This is unusual. Is there an occasion? Thank you. Um, I'm not offering you chocolates. I was just asking the question. Do you like chocolates? Oh, this is more usual. <laughs> yes, of course. Who doesn't? Is he Is he free? <laughs> he seems to be. He made some phone calls earlier. Something about an... I think he was bothered by an explosion that happened earlier tonight, and I I sent some letters for him to Chicago, and I think he's I think he's in a better mood. Wonderful. Uh, can I see him? She beckons you through, and you pass through the inner door, entering into Director McGonnell's sanctum. Gordon finds a mahogany office with books lining the walls. 
a classic telephone resting on the desk, stacks of paper and manila envelopes. Robert McGonnell, closely cropped military haircut, powerfully built, seated behind a desk, sets his pen down and lowers his glasses as Gordon enters. McGonnell says, good evening, Agent Fletcher. Evening, Robert. I take it you uh, saw the results of our activities last night? I am very, very pleased. I didn't think you had the, the gall to strike at the Second Inquisition so decisively. Robert, you should know better than admit that. You know, sometimes it seems like you've gone soft, but... That explosion proves you haven't. Three deaths, you know. Two of those weren't even weren't even police. Oh, who were they? Custodial staff. Hmm, so we didn't even get who we were after, huh? Decisive strikes keep our enemies scared of us. Sometimes a policy of unrestricted warfare is justified. Well, I think that uh, if they follow the intelligence we gave them, they're going to get a little bit more than they expected. Indeed? Yeah. Yeah, let's just say that uh, we threw them to the dogs. To the dogs, you say? Mm-hmm. That wasn't the only th- reason I'm here. What do you know about the uh, the torch? That crazy Mulcavian, Carl Tuckerson? Oh, so he is one of us. Yes. Is he, is he causing... Surely. He's not, he's not causing trouble. No, no. We were hoping that he had some insights into the ward that was put up around Jamestown. You know, we're trying to continue the work that you asked us to do. Carl Tuckerson has never struck me as a kindred who knows anything worth knowing. He's a font of misinformation. Well, then you wouldn't happen to know where this ward is here in the city, would you? No, but there are, there are no wards in Crown Vale. I'd have found them by now. Mm, okay, well, what? tell me. Is there anything in Crown Vale that, like, sticks out as flame-related other than the torch? Because that, to me, seems very flame-related. I will let you search the torch as you please. I'll, I'll have Melissa find the address for you. I'm sure it's not that difficult to find a crazed Mulcavian. So you're saying that you know nothing else flame-related in this town? There are hibachi grills. There are firefighters, there are tiki torch bars, whatever they call them these nights. McGonnell, don't don't jerk me around here. That was the next place he was going to get to. <laughs> there are so few amusements left in my nights than raising your blood pressure. You're not raising my blood pressure, you're just wasting my time. Are you triggered, Lib? Are you triggered? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't do well when people waste my time. Then let me waste it no longer. No, there are no wards in Crown Vale, and you are wasting your time. So tell me, where do you think the wards are then? Because we have good intel saying that there is a ward here. In important places, in establishments like the like the city of Oxford that is an institute of higher learning. Okay, where else? Perhaps in the caves outside of Lafayette. The large ones, I'm told that the lupines made a home there. Uh-huh, where else do you think there are wards at? Perhaps the depths plumbed by Vortex Industries. You know... All of these locations are not where we have found previous wards, nor are they where we expect them to be. So, Robert, you are either stupid, which I know is not the case, 
or you are once again jerking me around. I'm simply not bothered with questions of esoteric metamagics and wards. Those are beneath my concern. I leave the day-to-day operational concerns of the Lysambra clan in the Bluegrass region in the capable hands of my assistant, Agent Fletcher. Uh-huh. Whatever, then. And Gordon just walks out. He comes back to you, too. Hey, Tommy, I have one more theory. So you know how, like, the ward is, or uh, the symbol of fire is a triangle? He's not responding. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, I know we're, like, trying to burn some places to the ground or whatever because it's fire. And what if, okay, hear me out. The Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, we just take this place out, too. You're not going to do any such thing. Gordon! Hi! Hi. Hi, hi, hi. So, a quick question for you, too. Yes. Did you get the names of those vamps that were in the other two wards? Unfortunately, we didn't get the chance either time. I tried, but they didn't answer. You tried the first time. You weren't there the second. So, I think McGonnell is just jerking us around. Mm-hmm. He acted like he didn't know anything about this. Are you sure you don't want to burn this place to the ground? Yes, I'm sure. Two birds, one stone? We, I'm we, sure. We need to make sure he stops reading that thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's the problem. We gotta go to the torch now. Oh, you're kidding. You yeah. know, that's, that's the only, like, reasonable thing I can think of. <sighs> Jason. Jason, wake up. Jason, do you know anything? So, so yeah, I, that's the only thing I've got, right? Like, yeah, exactly. We can go finally meet the truth. Oh my god! So I do know that he is a kindred. He is a Malkavian. Um, okay, and McGonnell thinks very poorly of him. Okay, good. So he, he may be one of our favorite characters ever. I take it all back. The Malkavians can see the future. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. So it's probably all true. Okay. Well then, let's go grab the address from uh, McGonnell's assistant, and uh, we'll get going. Oh yeah, Melissa. Yeah, how's she doing? She's doing just fine. Okay, I don't really care that much. I know you don't. It's okay. I'll just start walking. <laughs> Melissa enters and hands a small scrap of paper over to Gordon. Thank you, Melissa. I'll be sure to bring you some chocolates next time. Without a word, turns around. <laughs> Good for. Her. I need an assistant like that. I know. Uh, so didn't even have to ask her anything. She just did it. Gordon is going to look up at the wall of weapons. Uh, and he's going to... A flamethrower up there? There's a halberd. <laughs> 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 and yes, there is definitely a flamethrower. Yeah, so no, he's going to... No, no, <laughs> Grab the flamethrower off. <sighs> and say, here you go, and hand it to clear. <laughs> oh, heck yeah. We're going to torch the flame. Um, and, other way around, and then I'm going <laughs> like, to. <laughs> that's what I meant. <laughs> so, off the wall, Gordon retrieves an M2 flamethrower, a man portable backpack flamethrower used in World War II, the Korean War, and the Vietnam War. I, I used one of these before. Although Did its burn you? time was around seven seconds long, the flames were effective around twenty to forty meters. It's like riding a bike. Are, the, are there <laughs> any like flashbangs or grenades? I think that you would be equipped with those. I'm going to grab a couple of flashbangs and grenades and put them in my pockets. Tommy, anything you want while we're shopping? Do you have any smoke bombs? Gordon goes and picks, you know, those smoke bombs from like, the the little, like fire, like, the, like <laughs> cherry bombs. Yeah, like, little church. He takes a pack off the wall and hands it to you. Uh, <laughs> military grade. I assume there's a better shotgun on the wall than the one I took off the cop all that time ago. 
Oh, yes, there is. You got any snakes? Uh, he finds a Benelli M4 waiting on the wall for him. All right. Semi-automatic shotgun chosen by the Marine Corps. Most All right. I will take that. Um, got sparklers? Snakes? Yeah. Gordon's also going to grab a uh, SMG with a silencer off the wall. Okay. And uh, that will be... He's like, let's go. So... You've got to tell me twice. As Claire and Jason start walking off, Tommaso takes the dossier... And he puts his arm out and he stops Gordon from walking out and kind of slaps it on his chest to hand it back to him. And he says, one question I got for you on this. And the capo was also very interested. I'm all ears. How much do you guys know about the deprogramming asset that's mentioned in here? Well, deprogramming asset is it's a chemical agent that they inject into people. I assume that's what allowed them to ignore you. That would be a good assumption, yes. All right. Well, I got to tell you, and we can start walking out now. Capo's not very happy that the family's been compromised with this, but we'll figure it out. Well, like I said, if we can be any help, let me know. Um, You know, what we're here for. Well, just don't be surprised if we hear more about it when we make our way to Kingsport. Sounds good to me. I I'm in the process of trying to find out more about this deprogramming age. As well. All right, just keep just keep me informed, please. Yeah. I assume that the four of you would pile into Gordon's Chevy Nova rather than the Clear Visions tour bus. Um, do we want to take Jason with us? No, probably not. Actually, hey Jason, do you want to go? He does not answer. That's a yes. Yeah, I he can I, sit in the car. I taught him how to drive. Yeah, I'd rather keep him with us in case he snaps out of this. Okay. I do agree. Okay. And I don't think Deacon, whatever his name is, is going to be a great babysitter. Yeah. Plus, I, well, th- do you think Tuckerson might give us any trouble other than like the, the kind lead can take care of? Because might want to have a couple specters at our back. I'm just saying. Suzanne? I know you don't want to bring her. I don't particularly like Suzanne. I don't either. I'm just saying she can be useful. You don't think those specters would be at our back? Yeah, I don't trust Suzanne. I know that she's family, air quotes, but I I don't. She's not a part of this coterie. I have no reason to trust her, and she's done nothing but impede us. I do agree. All right. I just thought I'd throw it out there. I do like that the blood bags that she brought, though. Yeah, those are actually super useful. Yeah, right. Jerry's yeah. great. <laughs> All right. I, I'm going to pretend like I didn't hear that. Let's go. So we wrap up. With the four members of our coterie stepping into Gordon's silver Chevy Nova with a roar, the engine comes to life. We hear a small backfire as flames shoot out the back of this muscle car. Gordon drives the coterie through the night in his muscle car. We hear the engine growling as he travels up and down the hills that surround this part of Appalachia. The car sways as it goes around turns. A short while later, you find yourself in... An inauspicious and ramshackle neighborhood. The car slows to a halt and you see what looks like a shotgun house. White siding overcome with mold and mildew. With floodlights mounted on the front, you can see the red lights belying security cameras looking out. And you see that surrounding all of this is a six foot tall fence covered with signs that say private, keep out, beware of dogs, and... We don't call the police. This house is isolated by itself. The nearest neighbor has to be more than a mile away. All right, so I assume there's a gate on this fence. There is. What kind of lock is on it? There's no lock on the gate. So we can just open it. 
Is that what you're doing? Gordon's going to take a stick and just run it along the fence to like cause tapping along the fence to see what happens. As Gordon runs the stick along the fence and hears the tapping sound immediately, he hears the sounds of dogs charging the fence and barking, and he can see them leaping up their heads coming over the top of the fence. Gordon very carefully takes the stick and like runs it across and says, here, puppy, 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 and then throws it over the fence. They do not respond at all. They don't. It's worth a try. Uh, you know. Then he yells over the dogs um, and says, Carl, um, come out. We want to talk. The floodlights blare on, bright light blinding the entire coterie. Hello, Mr. Tuckerson. Are you in there? You stand still for a moment, looking around. You hear a voice say, Y'all get out if you know what's good for you. Y'all don't come past that fence line. Those dogs will run you down. I'd like to see him try. Hey, let's let's be calm here. We're really big fans of your website. Y'all, I don't take visitors. You get out. You can talk to me on. You can talk to me on Tweak. You don't talk to me in my house. Carl, we're not visitors. We're what you might call family. Y'all ain't my family. Y'all stay out. I don't talk to my family. You get out. You don't come through that door. You'll go on away. You send me. Carl, talk to me through Tweak. You can come down here and let's talk like civilized people. I already told you. I warned you twice. You. You make me warn you a third time, you're going to regret it. I don't think you're getting through to him this way. I take a step back. I pull out my smartphone and I <laughs> I pull up Twitter and I tweet out to my social media followers and I say, hey, fam, did have you guys checked out this really cool website? And then I'm going to post the link to the torch and I'm going to say, I had such a cool meeting with Carl Tuckerson at and I'm going to give his address. And then <laughs> I'm going to say, wouldn't it just be so funny if, like, while I was here, we did a quick old DDoS attack on him? I think that'd be so funny, right? Let's do a prank. And then uh, I'll send it. <laughs> so Clear Visions has the lore sheet that is, like... Oh, I can ask my that. homies, yeah. Okay. My social media followers for a task. Okay. And they will do it to the best of their ability. So as Clear Visions watches... He sees it explode on Twitter, all 500,000 of his followers tweeting it out, sharing, liking, laughing constantly, pasting snippets from it and sharing them. The torch slows down under the weight of the constant requests and it freezes. Perfect. Hey, Carl, how's your website? Someone's after me. Someone found it. Someone, someone's trying to freeze me. Someone's trying to silence me. My voice. They don't want to hear me. Yeah. What if I told you I can make that stop? I, I don't. I don't negotiate with terrorists like you. You go away. Hey, idiot. We're not terrorists. We're family. We're just trying to get in there to talk to you. Guess what? If you let us in, we'll give you your website back. Simple. Exactly. I tried reaching out on Tweak, but I think it's down. How weird. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Tweak's working fine for me. I'm still online. I'm still streaming out. Everyone sees me and they know what you're doing to me right now. Hmm. Well, I guess. Does he look like, are there electrical lines going to his house? Yes, there are electrical lines going to his house. I'm going to say, I'll be right back, guys. I'm going to just slide into the shadows, and I'm going to follow the electrical lines. Okay. I want to find the transformer and where they meet from his drop from his house to the main line. So here's what I want to do. I want to take one of the grenades that I had. Oh, no. Okay. 
And I want to pull the pin okay. and throw the grenade at the pole with the transformer. Okay. No dice roll needed for that. It's a static target, and Gordon is extremely practiced at this. Yeah. Gordon draws one of the many hand grenades that he collected from his stash at Director McGonnell's, flings it casually into the air, and knows he's made a perfect throw. And he walks away with sunglasses on. Obviously, action-style movie. <laughs> Night vision is so important to keep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Takes 45 minutes to adapt. Yeah. The hand grenade explodes with a crash that tears the night apart. Everyone involuntarily jumps. Not Gordon. He's too cool for that. Did you hear that? My followers are explosive, Tommy. They're just blowing <laughs> up. They're breaking the internet. I don't think that's what that was. The lights of Carl Tuckerson's house flicker for a moment. <laughs> of course he does. Does he have a generator? Y'all trying, y'all threatening me, y'all do it. I, you're not going to like what you find in here. Y'all go turn back now. This is your third and final warning before I raise hellfire down on you. Hey, Tommy, can I raise hellfire on him? <laughs> I thought you already did. I got one more try. If it involves you pulling out that gun, I swear. Oh, wait. I promise it doesn't. No. And I'm going to no. fucking activate my flamethrower. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just scorching his house. <laughs> Okay, Clear Visions. Fucking done with this shit. <laughs> Fuck this guy. Pulls his flamethrower out. Is he not? We're so close is, to finishing these. Is boards. he not live live streaming this? I don't care if he is. Pulls the trigger. A gout of gasoline erupts a hundred and twenty feet away, forty meters for our European listeners, and we see the flame splash up against the walls of this ramshackle house and that is a wonderful moment for us to end our session this is the part of our chronicle where we measure the descent of our kindred into depravity as their humanity slowly departs in this chronicle our tenants are ashes are a poor foundation give respect but demand it too and united we stand, divided we fall. The Coterie has found Clear Visions guilty of violating United We Stand for his inaction while Tommaso and Jason pursued the ward located beneath Newport. Clear Visions, give me a remorse roll. Your remorse roll is equal to the number of empty dots on your humanity tracker minus one. Clack, I feel bad. <laughs> Clear Vision's humanity does not drop. He finds himself feeling guilty for this. You know, I probably could have dirtied my suit a little, I guess. The Coterie has agreed that Tommaso did not violate any chronicle tenants with his actions this session. The Coterie has agreed that Gordon Fletcher receives two stains for his action in deciding to dispatch Officer Brant Hagen with an explosive device stitched inside of him. The first is because of our Chronicle's general prohibition against murdering mortals, and the second is because of his use of indiscriminate violence breaks our Chronicle tenant of Ashes Are a Poor Foundation. That is two stains. How many dice do you have in this roll? I have a total of three. I have five minus the two stains, so three total. Gordon currently feels like he, he doesn't feel sad about the act itself he feels remorse for it being as sloppily done as it was so gordon's humanity does not decrease then he rolled a success he got two successes yeah <laughs> two successes gordon feels remorse over this 
y'all are hanging on at like this almost low humanity. And I'm trying to get you down there, but we're not there yet. I mean, I feel like five is pretty low humanity. Yeah. And I mean, in fairness, Gordon's had to roll the most out of all of us. No question. Hey, everyone. We're Monster Game Night. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. I'm Mike, your storyteller, and you have also been listening to... Russell playing Gordon. Ben playing Tommaso. Nick playing Jason. And Josh playing Clear Visions. Tune in next session. We release an episode every other Monday, and you can also follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher. We'd love to hear from you on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit at Monster Game Night. Also, please give us a rating, write a review, and tell your friends and family about the show if you enjoyed it. Word of mouth is the best way for a small, independent show like ours to grow. I hope that you can come to our next Monster Monster Game Game Night. Night.